Bible quite like he does, amen. But anyway, no, I, I'm, I love Brother Davis, and he is a Bible preacher. And um, you definitely can tell that he uh, spends a lot of time uh, with teenagers, amen. And so we're looking forward to being back here in a few weeks. And uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, Brother Smart, thank you again for allowing me to be able to be here and allowing us to be able to stop by. I, uh, I wish that we could be here in, in the, uh, the testimony service uh, tonight. And boy, I, 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 one of my favorite uh, type of services is just a testimony service. And when you give a testimony, we're, we're, praise, we're all in unity and just praising one. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And boy, aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful for how God just puts all the pieces of the puzzle together? And um, I, I, uh, I just want to take a moment here. I, I'm going to. I'm not going to be very long this morning either uh, in the message that we'll bring. But I, I, I won't be able to be here in the testimony service tonight. But I, I like to give a testimony of who my favorite uh, uh, character is uh, in the Christmas story. Uh, obviously, I, I'm sure that every one of us would say, obviously, Jesus uh, is every one of our favorite uh, uh, characters uh, in the Christmas story. But uh, thinking about Simeon, I, I, I like Simeon. And uh, there's a lot of things, uh, there's a lot of uh, just truths and applications that we can make about uh, that man named Simeon in the Christmas story, but one thing that I appreciate, uh, I guess, most of all about Simeon is uh, the Holy Ghost came upon him and told him, he said, you're not going to see death until you see uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think about the anticipation of Simeon waiting to be able to see that child Jesus. And the way that you and I can apply that to our lives, we're not going. he's not coming back as a baby but he's coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you and I ought to, like Simeon, anticipate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I'm looking forward any day, amen. And I'm, I, I don't say this because it sounds cute. I don't say it because it sounds cliche. I believe this with all of my heart today. I believe that Jesus Christ could come back before this service is even over. I, I, I was asked, uh, I guess, probably 15 years ago, Brother Dallas, as you read the Bible, what do you see is the next thing that needs to take place before the coming of Jesus Christ? And I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck, but I believe the only thing that needs to take place before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is the sound of the trumpet. Amen. And I don't have to tell this Sunday morning crowd this, that boy, our, not, not only our country, but our entire world uh, is in shambles uh, th this very moment. I, I, I received a text message. Matter of fact, it was a photo about a month ago from a dear friend of mine that's an assistant pastor in South Haven, Mississippi. Now, the public schools of Memphis did not publicize this. They didn't. They don't. They're, they're not behind it whatsoever. That's what the flyers said. Uh, but I'm told, even in the Memphis city limits, that they have an after-school program uh, program uh, for the Satanic Temple and teaching young people on how to uh, worship even Satan himself. We're, 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 on, we're in the last of the last days. I have no idea if this is the last war that we will be in. But boy, as I read the Word of God, it sure looks like the last war we'll be in. And I want to be like Simeon, and I want to anticipate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so 
uh, that that's my my favorite Bible character, and I've I've studied and I've uh, I've read about Simeon time and time again every year. Obviously, as we read the Christmas story, and uh, perhaps one day the Lord allow me to be able to preach on that. Second uh, Samuel chapter number seven uh, this morning. Second Samuel chapter number seven, and uh, I, I'm going to preach this morning. Uh, uh, perhaps uh, you, you, you would say in your mind an unconventional type of Christmas message, uh, but, but I believe that we can all tie it together uh, uh, with the season, uh, the holiday here of Christmas. And I, I just really want to preach a message entitled this, Thank You, Thank You. Boy, as I was spending time with the Lord this morning and just uh, spending time in my prayer time, uh, I, I began to thank the. Uh, I began to thank God just for uh, sending His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, uh, He was born of a virgin, and I'm thankful that He was born. But we understand that He was born for one reason and one reason only, and that was He was born to die on the cross of Calvary for my sin, for your sin, and for the sins of all mankind. And uh, uh, not only am I thankful for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm thankful for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord. But there's a lot of things this morning, or there's, a, there's three things uh, that I want to bring out that I just want to specifically uh, thank the Lord for. And I, I believe that we could be in agreement and we can all thank the Lord for these three things uh, today. I want you to look at 2 Samuel chapter number 7. And we'll pick up in verse number 8 this morning. 2 Samuel in chapter number 7. And look at verse number 8 with me. The Bible says, Now therefore so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. Now look at verse number 18 with me. The Bible says, Then went King David in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Lord, we certainly thank you again for loving us and saving us. And dear God, you created Adam for that purpose to walk with and talk with your creation. Have a people unto yourself to fellowship with. But Lord, uh, your creation sinned and partook of that forbidden fruit. But Lord, you loved man so much that you made a way to reconcile sinful man back to yourself. And that is through the, uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior today, 
Lord, we can't, st we can't help but just stop and just say thank you for how good you have been to us. Dear God, thank you, Lord, not only for saving us by the grace of God, but Lord, also we thank you, Lord, that we can have that sweet communion with you day by day. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you didn't just save us and check out on us and, Lord, allow us just to figure out life by ourselves. But, Lord, you took residence down deep inside of our soul. And, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, also for the family of God. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, uh, Lord, how good you've been to us. Lord, thank you for Maranatha Baptist Church. Lord, thank you for this assembly, Lord, that you have here or this lighthouse in this community. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you continue, Lord, to bless, uh, Lord, uh, uh, Pastor Smart and the dear folks of this church. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that more than anything that would bring honor and glory to your name today. And we'll thank you for all that you do. In your name I pray, amen. We find here in 2 Samuel in chapter number 7 that David has been mightily blessed by God. We find that he's one of the richest kings that Israel has ever known in their history and even up to date. David is sitting in the beauty of his new, his new pavilion. And uh, as we read verses number 8 through 10, let me read them again for you this morning. The Bible says, Now therefore so, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And when God gave these great truths to David, David began to become overwhelmed with God's goodness. And again he said in verse number 18, the Bible says that David said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And we find that this is definitely a bountiful time in David's life. And David has just taken an opportunity to just stop and relive how good that God had been to him all the days of his life. You know, I, I think that would be something that good for every single one of us just to take time, not just uh, on a weekly basis, not just on a monthly basis, not just the last Thursday of November, but that would be a, a, something good for us every single day just to take an opportunity to just stop and remind ourselves how good God has been to us. And uh, just to stop and say thank you to the one that has been far better to us than any of us deserve. You know, the Bible records that in the last days that men should be unthankful and unholy. That's what the Bible says. It's not only a sin that will happen in the last days, but it even happened in Bible days as well during our Lord's earthly ministry. There were so many times that Jesus went about doing good and never one time got any expression of gratitude or thankfulness for the miracles that he performed. Uh, we, we think about the feeding of the 5,000. The Bible says 
that he fed the 5,000, that, that's not even counting the women and the children. But nowhere in the context of that story of the feeding of the 5,000 do we find anybody coming back or anybody saying in that story to the Lord, thank you. I think about the storm on the Sea of Galilee. The disciples even had the audacity to ask the Savior, carest thou not that we perish? And we find that Jesus stepped out on the deck of that ship and said those three masterful words, peace be still. And as I read that story, my mind just begins to, uh, to, to just be right there on the ship with the Savior. And I probably would have even made the same statement as the disciples said as I was going through that storm, saying to the Savior, carest thou not that we perish? And my mind just goes there on that ship, but I could just imagine as those waves laid down like glass and the wind quit blowing and the dark clouds rolled away and the trees on the other side uh, uh, are just uh, standing still. But nowhere in that story do we find even the disciples that followed Jesus during his earthly ministry and were the inner circle uh, of Jesus' ministry. Nowhere in that story do we ever see the disciples say, Thank you. You know, that's not only a sin that took place in Bible days, but I like to ask every one of us, when's the last time that we went to a prayer closet or we fell on our face before the Lord or before we even opened up presents around the Christmas tree and we just bowed our head and we said, Lord, I didn't come to you today. I don't have any requests, although I have needs that need to be met. But Lord, I didn't come with any request. Lord, I didn't come to tell you of my needs. Lord, I'm not coming to ask anything. All I want to do is say, Lord, thank you. And for these next few minutes, I'll, I'll allow me to preach on that subject, just taking time to say thank you. We live in such a world today, and even inside the walls of our churches, that folks don't even know what it is to say thank you anymore. It seems like to me, parents in this generation are better to their kids now than ever before. Yet it seems like in the world that we live in, there is less and less gratitude. There's a generation now that feel like that they're entitled to everything. And you can't even hear a thank you anymore. Can I say today, church, I don't ever want to get so busy or so burdened down with the issues of life or so misdirected that I cannot take time to thank God for the goodness in my life. And I believe 2 Samuel in chapter number 8 and David here, or, or chapter number 7, David here is reminding us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God in this book of 2 Samuel for us as God's children to just stop and say thank you every now and then. And there's three areas here that I believe that David is showing us here in the scripture on three things that caused David to be thankful thankful and three things that would cause you and I to be thankful as well. I want us to look at verse number 8 this morning. Look at verse number 8. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter number 7 and verse number 8. Now therefore so, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, 
to be ruler over my people, over Israel. Can I say, first of all, uh, th this scripture here is teaching us to be thankful uh, for the past condition where God saved us from. Amen. The past condition where God saved us from. God said to David, David, let me remind you of something. I, I want to remind you where you were when I found you. Uh, David, I want you to be reminded that you were not the heir of the throne. As a matter of fact, David, I want you to be reminded, I sent Samuel to anoint one of Jesse's sons, the king of Israel, and you're down there, and even your daddy didn't even not, did not even think enough of you to bring you off the backside of the desert to see if you were the one that I was going to use. David, I want you to be reminded, you were following the sheep coat on the backside of nowhere. Your older brother said, all you've ever done in life is take care of a bunch of uh, a sheep. And David, if you would have died, uh, there would have been even a handful of people at your funeral, and there would have been, even have been enough flowers to cover your casket, and you were a nobody headed nowhere on the backside of nowhere, and no one even knew who you were. And David, I want you to be reminded, everything that you are, everything that you hope to be, is because I came to you uh, when you were a nobody and brought you out of the backside of nothing and gave you everything that you have. Can I say I don't ever want to forget where I'd be if it hadn't been for the good grace and seeking God's grace of an almighty God. Can we be reminded this morning, some of us, if God's grace and mercy did not come by our way, some in this room would have died in our sin. Some of us would be locked up in jail this morning. Some of us would be on our way to hell. Some of us are happy houses would be broken and our lives would be shot and shattered but here we are today saved by the grace of God at the house of God on Christmas Eve my friend by our families can I say today my friend may we be reminded everything that we have a roof over our head clothes on our back shoes on our feet is because of the good grace and the mercy of an almighty God amen and David I want you to be reminded of your past condition of where I when I found you by the grace of God. My wife and I for the last 17 years we've we, we we've made the journey. We've taken about 10 days around the Christmas season and we always drive all the way out to Houston, Texas and we go and visit my in-laws, and we stay there for about five or six days, and then we 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 uh, uh, then we make our way back to Memphis, and we see my mom and dad and, and my nephews and family and all of that, and we've done that for 17 years, and for the last 17 for about the last 15 years, I, I said I'm not going to make the trip anymore. I said Texas is going to come to me for this Christmas, and I even said that this Christmas as well, uh, but I probably will be going back to Texas next year as well. Amen. I you, you know I. I I've got a big bark, but I don't have a big I don't have a big bite at all, amen. But anyway, uh, and so uh, 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 every year we go, especially for the last ten years, we've always went through uh, we've always went through Hope, Arkansas, and Texarkana, and we cut up through Marshall, Texas, and we go to Texas, and we so we go the Arkansas route, and when we come back to Memphis, it's about the same distance to go that same direction to come back to Memphis. But every time we leave Texas, I always uh, want to go the Mississippi route. I want to go through Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I want to go through Jack. 
Jackson, Mississippi, and, the, the, and it's a whole lot prettier going the Arkansas route, but I always choose that route to come back home because I know that before I get to Memphis, I'm always going to follow that little, I'm always going to pass by that little town of Hernando, Mississippi. I know that I've given my life story here just a little bit. You're going to have the opportunity to testify tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and testify this morning, if that's all right with you. And I always go by that little town of Hernando because I want to remind myself where I was when God found me. Over 25 years ago now, I was living in that, I was living in a rest area about a mile south of Hernando, Mississippi. I'd already gone through five drug rehabs and in and out of jail, and my life was absolutely a complete mess. And sin and Satan got me to the place of living homeless in my car at that rest area about a mile south of Hernando, Mississippi. I lived there for about, about two or three weeks, I believe it was, and my mom found out that I was living down there at that halfway or that, that rest area. And she come to pick me up one night and she drove clear across the other side of Memphis, Tennessee and uh, uh, to a little suburb of Memphis called Bartlett, Tennessee. And she made the arrangements for me to live in a halfway house for dope addicts and alcoholics. And that night when my mom dropped me off at that halfway house, and before I got out of her car, she said, Chris, she said, you're not going to be able to, uh, you're not going to be able to uh, call your dad and I because we've changed her phone number because we've been getting harassing phone calls uh, from drug dealers that you owe money to. And sure enough, I didn't hear from my my mom and dad for about six months and in order to live in that halfway house I had to go to AA meetings every night and get up and say my name is Chris Dallas I'm a drug addict and alcoholic and on one particular Sunday night August the 16th 1998 I was walking out of that halfway house about to head to an AA meeting and the phone rang and I, I, I went and answered the phone and when I did it was the sweetest voice I'd heard in some time it was my mama and uh, uh, she invited me to church that night and, uh, and I agreed to immediately to go to church not to hear about God or learn about the Lord. I just simply agreed to go to church just so I could manipulate my family and please them that I was in church and maybe they'd be pleased enough to let me get out of that halfway house and come home to live with them. Uh, uh, and that night I, I pulled on the Bethel Baptist Church of Walls, Mississippi. I pulled on the parking lot that night and I didn't care anything about God but I was soon to find out God cared everything about me. Uh, and that night, uh, I know you've heard it before but that night the preacher didn't even preach on salvation. He preached on how to get out of financial bondage uh, and, uh, uh, and I was in financial bondage but I also realized that I was even in a worse bondage than that. I was in the bondage of sin and at invitation time there was something going on in my heart. I didn't know what it was called back then but I did sure know what it's called today. Uh, it was called good old Holy Ghost conviction and there was a man that came and stood beside me that night at invitation time. He put his arm around me and he brought me up real close to him. He said you don't know who I am but I've been praying for you uh, and when he said those words I didn't think he Anybody in the world cared about Chris Dallas. My own family would not even allow me in their home because they didn't know whether or not I would steal from them in order to feed the drug habits that I had in my life. And when he said those words, he had my attention. And that night he shared the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with me. He showed me from the word of God how we're all sinners and because of that sin, our penalty is death and hell. But he also showed me from the word of God that nobody has to die and go to hell because of the shed blood on the cross of Calvary. 
He also showed me that the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He said, Chris, that word whosoever, it means all. It means anyone. It means everybody. It doesn't matter how dark the stain or how deep the sin. If you call on the Lord, he'll save you right here, right now. And 25 plus years ago, I bowed my head. I bowed my heart. I called on the Lord Jesus Christ to save my soul. And I'm thankful that he saved me by the grace of God. And can I say today, dear child of God, I know that your story and your testimony may be different than my story and my testimony. But my dear friend, let's not just wait to Thanksgiving and on Christmas. Let's find out what it is every single day to thank God that he found us and saved us by the grace of God. Amen. I'm glad today that not only is he a, is, is he a Savior that saves us by the grace of God, but I'm glad that he's a seeking Savior. Amen. I didn't go looking for him, but I thank God that he came looking for me. Amen. Can I say number one? Number one, God was reminding David. David, I want, I want you to be reminded where you were when I found you. Not only thank God for saving us from our past condition. Number two, very quickly, look at verse number 10. Look at verse number 10. 2 Samuel chapter number 7, look at verse number 10. David said, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. Not only thanking God for saving us from our past condition, but number two, thank God for the place of God. God said, David, I'm going to give you a place of your own. Let's use this as a picture for the place of God for church, amen. Can I ask us, when's the last time we thanked the Lord for church? Aren't you glad for the opportunity and the privilege of being in church? I love church. Every single one of us would be in a mess if it wasn't for the church house. Thank God for the folks that make up the church where we can come together and we can we can shout together and we can weep together and thank God we can hurt together and we can pray together and we can rejoice together. I'm glad that God gave us a holy, set-apart, sanctified place called the church. I'm thankful that we can come to church and the Spirit of God begins to deal with sinful men. I'm thankful that we can come to a church where Christ-honoring music is being sung like we've heard today with the congregational singing and the special music. I'm thankful that we can go to a place where the pre- Preaching of the Word of God is going to take place and where the convicting power is very evident. Can I say today, dear child of God, with the world, the flesh, and the devil in a constant battle to get God's children knocked off kelter and to drain our spiritual batteries. Thank God he has provided us a place called the church, amen. Thank God for a church that has a good testimony in town. Thank God that you have a church that has a preacher with God's touch on his life that is going to feed you from the oven of heaven. Thank God for a place called the church where the supernatural transformation of changed life lives is not an oddity but it's a common occurrence thank God for a place called the church that the man of God is more concerned about lifting up the name of Jesus instead of himself being the talk of the town thank God for a church where the where we sing the soul stirring songs of Zion and have an old fashioned altar thank God for a place called the church and David was reminded here in 2 Samuel chapter number 7 not only to be thankful 
for where God met him uh, uh, on the backside of the desert, but also to thank God that he had a place of God to meet with him day in and day out. Not only for his past condition, not only because of the place of God, but number three, and very quickly I hasten, I want you to look at verse number nine. Verse number nine. The Bible says that I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight and have made thee a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Look at verse number 18. The Bible says, Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. He said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house? that thou hast brought me hitherto. Verse number 9, again it says this, And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all the enemies out of thy sight, and made thee a great name like in the name of the great men that are in the earth. The Bible says, And I went with thee whithersoever thou wentest. God was reminding David, David not only to be thankful for, your, for where I saved you from your past condition, not only be thankful for the place of God, but David was reminded to thank the Lord for the presence of God in his life. He said, I'm going with you whithersoever thou goest. As I said in my prayer a little while ago, I'm sure I'm thankful this morning as a blood-bought child of God. There's many things that you and I can be thankful for. In my, in my time of gratitude, in my prayer time, I always thank the Lord, obviously, not only for salvation, but I thank the Lord for His grace and His mercy and His justification and His, uh, Him imputing His righteousness to our account. But one thing I always thank the Lord for is I thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit's presence in my life. I sure am thankful, again, that we don't have to, that God didn't save us and just check out on us and let us make it through life the best way we know how. I'm thankful that he took residence uh, down deep inside of our soul. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit's presence. Uh, 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 you understand, my dear friend, uh, uh, when's the last time we came to an altar and said to God, God, I, again, I, I didn't come for anything except to say thank you. Lord, I, I want to thank you for my health. I, I want to thank you for uh, for my wife. I want to thank you. Uh, wives will say, I want to thank the Lord for my husband. I, I want to thank the Lord for my children. I want to thank the Lord for godly parents. Uh, thank the Lord for a church and a pastor. Thank the Lord for the Bible. Thank the Lord for a second chance. Uh, thank the Lord for his grace and mercy. Thank the Lord for money in our pocket and car in a parking lot and a bed to lay in. And yes, thank the Lord for the provisions that he meets in our life. But my dear friend, God said, I never want you to get, I never wanted you to get your eyes on the provision that I provide for you but I want you to get your eyes on being in my presence because I'm always present with you here in just a little while some of you your lunch time will be sitting around the table eating a meal and then right after that the wrapping paper is going to start flying 
And boy, I, I, I love, I, I, I'm, like a, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm 47 years old, and I absolutely love it. My wife gets so mad at me because I figure out, I figure out uh, 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 what I'm going to get before I ever open the presents. I do. I, it, my wife cannot lie. We're not supposed to lie, but, 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 I, but I'm pretty good at keeping a secret. I can guarantee you that. Amen. But I can ask my wife, I said, is this what this is, is in the box? And she gets that big old smile, and I know exactly that's what I'm about to get. In the, in, the, in, the, in the present. And you understand, we'll thank the Lord. We'll thank our parents for the gifts they give us. Children will thank, the, or, or, or parents will think, thank their children for the presents that they got them. We'll thank our siblings for the 15th pair of socks that we got this Christmas. We'll thank everybody else. But I wonder today, how many of us will even take the time to say, God, I sure do thank you. I should go to hell and I should be there for all of eternity. But God, you loved sinful man so much that you made a way to reconcile sinful man back to yourself. And that was through the shed blood on the cross of Calvary. Child of God, I'm saying this to myself as much as I'm saying it to anyone. You and I are traveling down a dangerous road when we travel down the road of ungratefulness and bitterness. I don't ever want to get to the place where I forget to stop and just say thank you to the one that made it all possible. Stand with me if you would all across the building. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Could this be the invitation this morning? I hope I made sense of the message this morning. Could this be the invitation? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Maybe somewhere in your pew or maybe if the Lord nudges you to come down to an altar. Maybe just take a moment just in this invitation time and just say, Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you not only saving me from a place called hell, Lord, I want to thank you for a church that I can come to and worship. And Lord, I thank you that you're always with me. I'm thankful that you don't just meet with me at church, but Lord, I can meet with you at home. I can meet with you on the way to work. Lord, I'm thankful that you're an omnipresent God. And I'm thankful that the Bible says you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, this Christmas Eve service, this Sunday morning church service, that you can't honestly thank the Lord for saving you from your past condition because you're still there. Can I say this morning, my dear friend, there's never been a greater present ever given in the world than the Lord Jesus Christ. That is God's gift to the entire world. You say, oh, Brother Dallas, you don't know the life that I've lived. Oh, my dear friend, I'm glad, I'm glad that whosoever, again, it doesn't matter how dark the stain or how deep the sin, if you'll come to Jesus, he'll, he'll in no wise cast you out this morning. My dear friend, why don't you find out what it is to be saved by the good grace of God. As she begins to play this morning, somewhere between your pew and this altar, why don't we just, just thank the Lord? So, Brother Dallas, what do I thank him for? Well, whatever just comes to you. I sure am thankful that I had the ability to get out of bed this morning. I sure am thankful.